okay, we need this because we need peace of mind. And that's really what it is at the end of the day. The number in that bank account is the number that says you're going to be okay if something terrible happens. From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Show, your weekly podcast about real difficult money stories, overcoming financial obstacles, and tips for building healthy money habits. I'm Todd Christensen, host of the Money Fit Show podcast. On today's episode, we hear from a woman who shares how her husband survived a motorcycle accident, how they got into $100,000 of debt in a week, and how they took years of hard work to repay it. She's now passionate about teaching adults and children how to use money as a tool and how to stay out of debt. You see, what we have here is failure to communicate. Leah Ellis of Endeavor Financial Coaching teaches fed up Americans how to break the paycheck to paycheck cycle and reach their money goals. She helps calm financial worries with individual and group coaching programs, budgeting for kids and teens, and bookkeeping options for solopreneurs and small businesses. And all that after having experienced and overcome her own financial nightmares, including a motorcycle accident and $100,000 of debt. I'm looking forward to this discussion with my guest, Leah Ellis. Leah, welcome to The Money Fit Show. Hi, thanks for having me today. I am uh, glad to have you here, and you've been on our calendar for a number of weeks, and I've been looking forward to this, so good to have you. You you, uh, know, as I mentioned to you, we're going to start off with a kind of get-to-know-you question, if you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. What is a favorite film, a kind of a go-to film that you you watch over and over and over, and that you actually like? Well, I have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a seven-month-old, and so Encanto has been playing on repeat at my house, I think, since the beginning of January, and I still love it because it's so great, and there's a lot of adult themes that aren't like adult themes. They're just like emotional things that the adults understand that the kids just enjoy, and I think it's a great way... specifically Louisa, to talk about the pressures of being a mother, even though Uh she's not a mom, so many moms are identifying with her. And I think it's really great. Right. Yeah. That's uh, my, my wife has, has gone through a lot of, I mean, we've got four kids, a lot of uh, um, cartoons or animated features over the years. Doesn't really like to watch them, but she watched Mm -hmm. that one. She loved it and and does has watched it more than once, which is, is saying a lot. We like, we like that one too. It's great. Good. Okay. So I um, want to get into your uh, your journey and, and let's start. Your your bio talks about two different things, a motorcycle accident and $100,000 of debt. Which one of those came first? Motorcycle accident. All right. So now this was uh, uh, your husband's motorcycle accident, but it's been, and he's, he survived. He's, he's okay. There's, he there's some things that he has to deal with, but how, how long ago were we talking about here? Um, actually our son was born on the five year anniversary of his motorcycle accident. So it's been about five and a half years. Mm-hmm. And financially speaking, did that, uh, what, what did that mean to you and your family? Um, for me, it's like this, this terrible thing that happened to my husband and I, where he was 
making six figures, but we weren't really making wise choices with our money. And so mm-hmm. he got a deployment put on the schedule. He was going to go, go on a work trip and he was going to make a large chunk of money in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So preempting his trip, we decided to take out, uh, we got a credit card to buy a new computer, an Alienware $2,500 laptop. It wasn't just any computer. Right, right. Of course. A new computer. We got a new bed. We got a new mattress. Um, and then July 22nd was a Friday. He was set to leave that Saturday mm-hmm. and he was in his motorcycle accident. Mm. So instantaneously we went from, Oh, we're going to make $30,000 over the next three months to, Oh my God, how do we apply for disability? Right. There was, um, he was going to be out of work or uh, not able to bring in income for a while then. The doctors estimated that he wouldn't go back to work for six months after his accident because he broke both ankles. Mm. They were like, you're going to have to heal and then learn how to walk again and then adapt to all of these things. He had, he had three surgeries in three months. Mm-hmm. Two of them were eight hour long surgeries over the course of two days. Wow. He had a lot of surgeries. He was really, really had a lot of injuries that had to be addressed and then healed. And because our financial situation was so, so bad, the doctors told him go back to work in February. He went back to work on Halloween because we couldn't afford for him to stay home anymore. Mm -hmm. So he had to rush his healing and he spent his whole time. He was healing under extreme stress. Because he was, we like had to cancel the contributions to our daughter's college funds. We were like turning off services. We were doing anything we could to stay afloat because disability is great, but it was 60% of his income. Right. And that wouldn't take care of us. So there's, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go, go. Well, I was going to say there, there are, you know, we being a financial educator and counselor myself, uh, we, we, teach people the importance of savings, right? Yeah. How uh, there, there are circumstances that happen that you can't even cover with, with rational, I mean, a reasonable amount of savings. What would it have taken for you guys to, to face that together and not have to worry about the financial stress that came with it? I mean, how, what would you have been looking at as far as having something in the bank? I, I probably we could have survived it on five to ten thousand dollars, but we had instead of having savings, we had just financed a whole bunch of new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead of we had no savings and a bunch of of payments every month. Right. And truthfully, I think five thousand dollars would have given us everything we needed for him to be take time to heal and take in the disability income. Which is what makes me the angriest is it's such a small amount of money that would have made such a massive impact for us at the time. And he would have been able to stay home, been uh, another three months to focus on, on healing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that amount is not in uh, a crazy uh, unreasonable as uh, and some people think there's, uh, you know, I can't prepare for these kind of things. It's, it's five years later and we have sitting always a $15,000 emergency fund. A $15,000 emergency fund? Yep. Nice. Nice. Because it's, it's important to me. 
Yeah. That's uh, there. There's something to be said for peace of mind. Um, and that security that it brings. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think when, when you know, when, when we talk about emergency funds and I, tell me your experience with people that you work with as a, as a um, financial coach, it, there's a emo, it's got, it seems like the most successful, there's gotta be some emotional attachment. I mean, what is it that motivates most people uh, to, to actually do the savings? For a lot of my clients, it's their kids because I do primarily work with, uh, I work with a lot of families um, and it's their kids or a trauma that they wish they hadn't had to face like us in our motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. Like I had to quit my job. I quit my job and then I lost my house. Um, now I always have savings so that I don't lose my house. Um, a lot of times it is like, okay, we need this because we need peace of mind. And that's really what it is at the end of the day. The number in that bank account is the number that says you're going to be okay if something terrible happens. Right. Well, let's, let's, uh, I, I appreciate you sharing all that information and that, that experience. Um, and I'm again, glad that things are, uh, we're not worse than they were. And, and, uh, and yeah, and he, he got through it. Yep. Um, Let's let's go forward to the, to the next um, financial obstacle you, you mentioned, and uh, the hundred thousand dollars of this is non mortgage debt, mm-hmm. and you know how what happened? What where did that come from? How did you deal with that? What was the turning point when you decided you know there's we've got to do something different here? So my husband was in that terrible, terrible, terrible motorcycle accident, and we still didn't learn our lesson. So we mm-hmm. scraped by until the next summer and he finally went on that work trip. He made some more money. Um, and we did that for probably about two and a half years where we just racked up debt. He went on a work trip. We paid off all the debt. Then he went on a work trip. We racked up debt. We just had this cycle where it's okay. He'll, you'll go, you'll leave and make the money. We'll pay it off. And then I had my second daughter and my mother-in-law came out to help take care of my oldest daughter while I was in the hospital. Then she's, we financed $100,000 worth of consumer debt in six days when my second daughter was three weeks old. Whoa. Uh-huh. $100,000 in six days. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's a world record. Non-mortgage debt, $100,000, yes. six days. Yep. And then, for, and then for Christmas, my mother-in-law sent us Financial Peace University. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She saw something going on there. Yeah. So was was this like a redoing the nursery? I mean, what what? We, so we had our second daughter, and at the time when we had just our first daughter, I was leasing a Mazda six, mm-hmm. but it was really hard to get two car seats into the Mazda six, and there just wasn't <laughs> uh-huh. space for anybody else. A Mazda six is a huge car. There was no yeah. reason we needed a new car. Okay. So, right. But we had the second baby, and we just really needed a new car. Yeah. But it couldn't be just any new car because my husband really wanted something that was electric because they're a lot better for the environment. He really mm-hmm. wanted something with lower gas costs since it's so expensive to buy fuel here. Mm-hmm. So he needed lower gas costs and I needed something new and it had to have three rows because of the two car seats. We really needed three rows for two car right. seats. Right. So we got the only three row hybrid that was on the market at the time, Chrysler Pacifica. 
but it okay. couldn't be just the Chrysler Pacifica. It had to have adaptive cruise control and it had to have memory seats and heated seats and vented seats. Mm-hmm. All these things that were just truly needs. <laughs> okay. So we, and we had to roll over the negative equity that we had in paying off the lease early for the Mazda. Right. Okay. So wow. it ended up being a $56,000 minivan. Wow. Then once we got the minivan and it was running on electricity, electricity is kind of expensive too. We can't possibly charge this electric vehicle without solar panels. Okay. So we did a no money down finance on solar panels at the end of the same week. Okay. So we got $40,000 of solar panels to put on the roof so that our car could charge overnight on solar energy. And it wouldn't be so expensive to, to have the minivan. You know, so, in theory, it sounds great. Oh, right? in theory, it sounds great, except for when you think about the fact that we did this all with no money down and doing it all on debt instead of saving some money and doing it. Because mm-hmm. I will tell you a hundred times over, my van is my baby and I love it to the moon and back. Yep. And having solar panels on my house is fantastic because I live at the edge of the Mojave Desert in Southern California. I have friends who regularly have $1,000 electric bills when they have to run their air conditioner in the summer. And mine's never more than 200 because my solar panels cover 80% of my electric use. Mm -hmm. It was still a terrible way to do it. Mm -hmm. What what did it feel like? I mean, how how long did it it take for you to, after that $100,000 week, to have the, oh, holy cow, what what did we do moment? Um, about two weeks later, when I sat down and made the list of bills we were going to have to pay starting in January Mm -hmm. and realized that we were with my $926 car payment and our $200 solar panel payments, we were spending about $700 more per month than my husband made. Mm -hmm. And I was working on opening an in-home daycare. And if my in-home daycare didn't succeed, we would be bankrupt. We would not be able to pay our bills. And meanwhile, I'm holding my one-month-old daughter and realizing there's no hope she's ever going to have a college fund. This poor Mm -hmm. girl had better learn to work really hard because mommy and daddy aren't going to be able to give her a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I was completely heartbroken. I'm pretty sure that I was the most terrible mother ever because I wasn't thinking about my kids' futures. I was thinking about our daily conveniences. And so I broke down a little bit. I told my husband we had to do the financial peace university that his mom had sent. Mm-hmm. We kept our credit cards and we put all of our utilities on credit cards so that we could get the reward points. If something was nice and we didn't really want to wait until payday, then we'd just get it on the credit card anyway and then pay mm-hmm. it off later. Um, and it took almost another whole year before I was like, I'm so tired of trying to figure out what day the credit card bill is due to avoid paying these interest fees. Right. And we finally just closed the credit card and paid it off. And then uh, that's when we really buckled down on paying off the debts too. And so over the course of 23 months, we paid off $123,000, but we did about 80,000 of it in the last year. Uh-huh. Well, that's, I mean, that, that was a lot more than what your income was, I mean, at the time, right? Or did you... What, was that because of the, the in-home daycare that you decided to start up? Um, well, we cheated a little bit. My beautiful minivan got rear-ended really mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. And we used the settlement from the uh, 
the insurance claim mm-hmm. to pay off the solar panels. Okay. So that took off a whole debt for us. And then it ended up being about another $45,000 worth of my husband's income where we really cut everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Six Flags memberships. The day we got rid of our Six Flags memberships and explained to our daughter that we couldn't go ride roller coasters anymore because we were paying off debt uh-huh. um, was the day it got really, really, really real for us because right. we were like, we're ex- our child is making sacrifices so that we can make the future better. We have to take this seriously. Mm-hmm. That was that was the that was the decision that that kind of like marked the end of your consumering consumerism uh, uh, portion of your marriage. And now you guys are like, let's we're getting rid of that and moving forward. Yeah, exactly. That was the we. And even my six-year-old will still come to us now and be like, have we paid off the house yet? (laughs) No, you'll be 30 before we pay off this house. Not really. We have a 15-year mortgage. It can't take that long, but sometimes it feels like it will. This is the six-year-old now or the 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 one that was six-year-old back uh, then? She's she's our oldest. She's six now. When we we canceled our Six Flags membership, she was four. And we had to explain to her, we went for her fourth birthday. And then that was our last trip. Mm-hmm. What? So what are your thoughts about, I mean, you, you, this, it sounds like this, this learning experience, you, you talked about being a f- feeling like you were a failure as a parent. Mm-hmm. There is something about the power of learning from failure um, that uh, was, was quite effective. It can be quite effective, right? Oh, yeah. It's a huge emotion. And learning and feeling that emotion and realizing like this emotion is not ever happening to me again. Mm-hmm. It's a huge what, motivator. What now you're as a financial coach, how do you, you've, you've talked about wanting others basically to learn from your own mistakes so they don't make their own, right? Yeah. I really prefer it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, I think we'd all prefer to learn from other mistakes. Is there is what kind of is there a substitute to that learning from failure? How do how do we help people make that that change without having to learn from their own mistakes? I teach it to kids. Mm-hmm. If I can teach them before they're old enough to make the mistakes, and I can show them the projections on what can happen if you follow my path versus what can happen if you learn from my mistakes and make your own better path, mm-hmm. then the converse of learning through failure is learning through inspiration and hope. Mm-hmm. And so I teach, I teach, I start at five years old, how to be ahead of the game. So that when I sit down with 13-year-olds and show them, oh, you mow lawns and you collect an income. So if you put that into retirement savings, how much could you have when you got older? And they see these astronomical numbers, then that desire to attain those big numbers is, I think, a strong enough motivator that it doesn't have to hurt. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of uh, parents ask the question, how, how early is, is too early? Or when should I start with kids? Five years old, obviously, you know, they don't have the, the, uh, the, the ability to 
you know, they, they still at, at six, seven years old, they still think a hundred dollars is a lot to buy for, to, for a house. You can buy a house with a hundred dollars, but what, what can you be teaching them at five and six and seven? So I pay my daughters a weekly allowance. I, mm-hmm. my girls are three and six and they have, they each have a list of contributions they're expected to make into our family. Mm-hmm. And as thank you for the work that they do, they get paid because as thank you for the work that I do, I get paid. Mm-hmm. And so I give them their allowance and in there, when they get their allowance, they're required to budget into envelopes um, and they have to do short-term and long-term savings, giving and spending. Mm-hmm. And my oldest has to be able to identify what she's saving for and how much it costs when she puts money into her short-term savings. And for her long-term savings, she is saving for a hot pink Mazda Miata with the eyes that open. <laughs> she knows exactly what kind of car she wants for her first car. And she just knows that she's going to put money in there until she's 16 years old. And she doesn't even look at what the balance is in that account because she just wants to know that she's saving her money. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important with our little ones that we teach them. All it is to do a budget and plan for your money is to take your money and decide what you want to spend it on before you spend it. Mm-hmm. And that whether you're five, 25, 35, or 65, there's only three things you can do with money. Spend, save, or give. Mm-hmm. For grownups, saving gets a lot fancier, but it's still just spend, save, or give. And so I have a worksheet when I teach my budgeting classes for five-year-olds, we do a paper budget and it has spending, saving, and giving. Mm-hmm. And that way they understand these are the things that I do with my money. Mm-hmm. I, I, we, we do a, a program based on the Berenstein Bears Trouble with Money book about oh. the spend, save, and, and give uh, because surprise, or well, and earn those, the, the things that you can do with money that, uh, that, that, that one story, um, kids can connect with that. So that's, I totally uh, can understand where, where you're coming from on that. When, when you talk about uh, parenting, uh, what, what's, uh, maybe if we can talk about some specific steps that a, that a parent of a five-year-old um, uh, that has never talked to their kids about money before, what are some of the hardest things that they're going to, that they should be, um, that they might have to do when they're going to talk to their kids about money? helping their kids understand the correlation between working and earning money and the fact that the money isn't going to magically appear and that they can only earn a certain amount of money. There's not like, Oh, this week I get paid $10 to do this chore, but next week I'm going to get paid $40 to do this chore. Um, Understanding the consistency of income. Because yes, when you're an adult, you can do things like earn commissions or own your own business and have better income and a little bit more variable income. But starting out by teaching your kids that there's a reliable income that they can budget will help them feel stable and secure in their confidence with money. You don't want to stress your kids out about money stress by giving them inconsistent paydays because your kid's going to be stressed. They're going to be like, I have to save everything because I'm not going to make any, or I need to spend everything because it's going to be gone anyway. Mm-hmm. That that idea of uh, the, the the deferred deferred gratification, yes, uh, critical. What what do you what about parents who fear or worry about? Well, I, I don't want to share information about my own job. My kids are going to start asking questions about my own debt, our own debt. Um, 
How, what, what, can you, what can you tell those uh, parents who are in that position? Your children will not judge you. You're worried about your kids being involved in grown-up business, but our job as parents is to turn them into grown-ups. So they're going to have to be involved in grown-up business. And teaching your kids now, like mommy and daddy are paying off our debts because we want to be able to have a better future, isn't going to scare them. It's going to give them motivation. Mm -hmm. My daughter colored in our debt coloring charts. Every time we paid off a debt, she came and colored in the chart. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't color as many boxes as she thought we should be coloring, she would question us. <laughs> um, your kids can be your hugest motivator. They can also be involved in part of the process and it will make them really proud because my daughter talks about when she gets to do her debt-free screen when we pay off our house because she knows that's something that she's motivated to do. That's, Involving that's awesome. your children at a child-appropriate level. Yeah. You don't have to tell your kids, we're paying off $100,000 in debt. All you have to say is, we don't want to pay for this car payment anymore, so we're going to pay the, all the money to the bank. Um, and the other thing is, in my budgeting class, I teach kids about, like, even for five-year-olds, I explain to them loans in a really simple, like, what if you borrow money from your sister and then you do chores and you have to pay your sister instead of you getting the money. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the process of taking out a car loan. You borrow money, you go to work and you pay the bank instead of yourself. Yeah. But identifying it in a more close to their heart way makes it where the kids are like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then they're less likely to want to do it when they're all grown up. Right. I think a lot of, a lot of parents would also worry about stressing their children out if they share, oh, mommy or mommy and daddy have all this debt. And we're, you know, you don't have to share that that you're worried about the home or the car, no. um, but just your, your purpose. It sounds like what you're saying is your goal. Exactly. Share, share the f- mission, share the vision with your kids because the kids just want to be involved in the family. And I think a lot of times as adults and parents, we get so consumed with how to shield our children, how to protect our children how to give them these rose-colored glasses that they can keep on forever. But that's not going to be what their, their life is when they grow up. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for us to say, like, we have a mission and we have a goal because otherwise our kids are going to become dejected when they're adults and they don't reach their goals easily. They don't put out any effort. Mm-hmm. Um, I even make my six-year-old fill out a planner. Um, her and I both do our planner together every Sunday. What are our goals for this week? And she has her goals and I have my goals and we talk about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Great idea. Do you have, uh, Leah, do you have one piece of practical advice you would share, whether uh, for an adult or for a, a parent uh, on that, uh, that if you could share one thing, what would you have them be doing? My mission is to slay money dragons. And the easiest way to slay money dragons is to stop letting them be scary. Mm -hmm. So my one piece of practical advice is to actually sit down and do a budget. It's overwhelming and frustrating, but you'll gain so much clarity when it's done um, that you will really appreciate that you've done that for yourself. And it'll give you the first step in knowing what needs to happen in order to reach your goals. Yeah, you don't know who your adversary is or what your adversary is. You're not gonna uh, come out come out successful on the other end. That's good good advice. 
Uh, Leah, where can our, our listeners find you online if they want to reach out to you or look into some of your other, uh, what you what you offer? It's really easy to find me on Facebook because it's just facebook.com backslash Endeavor Financial Coaching. Um, I'm too stuck in my ways to go get on TikTok. So Facebook <laughs> is the easiest place to find me. And then the other place, it's really easy to learn about all the programs we offer because we have um, small business stuff, kid stuff, grown up stuff. I'm working with a nonprofit right now to see all of the things we do. It's just EndeavorFinancialCoaching.com. Okay. I'll make sure that those make it in, onto the show notes. So uh, if you're uh, for our listeners, make sure you, you take a look uh, or down below and on our, on our, our site. Leah Ellis, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your story and for sharing uh, some, some ideas and tips with our listeners. Thanks for having me. You bet. For our listeners, please do check out our podcast archives at moneyfit.org slash podcast. Also, please uh, do subscribe. It'll help us grow our visibility so others can find our, these podcasts more easily. And until next time, please stay money fit and stay well. <laughs>